0: Taylor Decker's on my All-22 fantasy team, by the way. Stop. Stop it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Taylor. I don't care, and I'm in the league. I'm just trying to hype up the future of fantasy football yeah. here. They told me we could hype it up. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. That's one of the it's hard my rules way. of broadcasting. Regardless of the medium, they don't care. So the strategic component to this game is through the roof. Gun, gun, gun. Your predictions, right? You forecasting forecasting fantasy football into how good is this player. This is going to, it's going to change the industry.
1: Yeah. I move to the old town with those down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. I hold it down. Made myself proud. Say, look at me now. Look at me now. Yeah.
0: Hello and welcome to the All 22 podcast. Guys, the NFL trade deadline has passed and we saw a lot of big names get moved. So as we always say at All 22, uh, All 22 is the closest thing you're going to get to managing a true NFL team, right? Because of that what the NFL does will have a major impact on your team. So let's get into like the nitty gritty here and talk about how a lot of these big moves will impact your team. So I want to start with Hawkinson, and everybody's going to have to forgive Bobby a little bit here. Cause he kind of has like sexy party girl voice, a yeah. uh, couple weddings, I think, but two, wed- Bobby, two weddings, two weddings in six days, dude. It's been awesome. Oof. Dude, it's wedding season upstate New York for everybody that doesn't know. It's like Mecca for for wedding fall weddings. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's cool. It I, cool. I kind of sound, like, sound like Barry white. Like it's, it's, it's sick. Give us a couple notes, dude. Yeah. Maybe on a different episode. of the <laughs> 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 All
0: right, guys, Hawkinson trade, Bobby, I'm going to start with you and your sexy voice. If you have Hawkinson at all 22, how does this affect you? Are you feeling good about this or are you ripping your hair out?
1: So, like, I don't want to, like, burst anyone's bubble because, like, on the surface, it looks like, hell yeah, like, we're going to unchain Hawkinson. He's about to go off. He's in this crazy good situation. And, like, he is. Like, that's that's mostly right. But, like, his situation before wasn't as bad as everybody thinks. Like, yeah, obviously the Lions are one and six. Um, but really, if you look at their team, Really wasn't that bad. The average O-line grade in Detroit, 69.6. Quarterback grade, 66.9. Um, the wide receiver, 68, 65. So, like, his surroundings weren't horrible. That's one of, like, one of the better offenses in the league. But now, yeah, he is going into a, a better offense. So I do think that he will get better from here. So you should feel good about it. I just don't know if it's going to be, like, you know, world-changing. Like, you know, you see – he can go from grading in the 70s to like the 90s all of a sudden. I don't think that's realistic. I do think you'll see a boost. Like the O line around him, average grade 72, quarterback grade 74, and then obviously he's got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen around him. Both both players are graded really well, so I think it's a boost. I just I don't know. I think I want to pump the brakes on how big of a boost this is going to be for Hawkinson.
0: So so you talked about a little bit like Goff, right? Goff's not a terrible quarterback this year. He's playing pretty well. But if you have Cousins, right, if you're an owner of Cousins, are you excited to have Hawkinson here? Are you excited that the team has now invested in a tight end to make your offense run better, right? So if you have Cousins, is this game-changing for you, Ray? Let us know.
2: I don't think so. I think it helps Hawkinson more than it helps Kirk. And it does help Kirk. uh, But right now he's the 13th highest-graded quarterback overall, 12th a highest-graded passer uh, so far this season. So that's basically right on the fringe uh, starting QB range for your All-22 team, right? Uh, So you're likely starting him weekly already or streaming him based on his matchup, maybe if you also have, like, a Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson or Trevor Lawrence or something, maybe. Uh, Stretching it there on that last one. But um, so I I don't think the addition of Hawkinson Changes that thought process to now, where if you're streaming him with a Derek Carr, for example, who might have a better matchup that week, that you then wouldn't start um, Carr over Kirk just because Kirk now has Hawkinson in his lineup. So I think it's a small boost for uh, for Kirk Cousins, and it does help. And if you're a Kirk owner, you're happy that that this move was made. Um, but I don't think, or I wouldn't let it impact my overall thought process with the quarterback position if I have Kirk
0: Cousins. Mm. And you know. I think when Jameson Williams got drafted, I, I got pretty excited to see what that offense would look like with St. Brown, Williams, and Hawkinson, and we're not going to get to see that. He goes to the Vikings, and now he's going to line up, like Bobby, you had mentioned a couple great weapons around him, Je- Jefferson, Thielen. So we're going to get to see him maybe as a receiver do really well, right? He's, he's not going to have as much pressure on him to succeed as a receiver because there's guys around him that are going to be able to do that and be the primary targets. But one thing that I looked at that kind of disappointed me was Hawkinson's run-blocking grade, right? So in Detroit, he had other offensive linemen around him that should have made that job pretty easy for him, right? He has Sewell and um, Decker, right, as the tackles he was lining up next to, veteran guys that, uh, you know, succeed in the run game. So seeing Hawkinson's grade low was a bit concerning. Now looking at that, he's going to the Vikings. How does his run-blocking, you know, impact that team and does it, does it get better? Does it get worse? What do you guys think?
2: I don't think it changes anything at all. I think, uh, I mean, it's a little surprising, right? Because Hockinson comes from Iowa who like barely believes in the forward pass anyway. So how he hasn't been a strong run blocking tight end in the league, you would think that that's part of his arsenal and it really isn't. Um, so I don't think it really changes much. Irv Smith wasn't a strong run blocker either. Uh, so I don't think it really impacts, you know, if you have Dalvin Cook, for example, or, or the running game as a whole for the Vikings, I don't think it has much of an impact. Uh, I think if this move has any big material impact on anybody, you look at Kevin O'Connell, right? And he doesn't have, mu- there's not much of a track record to really look at as far as, um, his systems and philosophies as an offensive play call play caller. Um, He was with the Rams in 2020 and 2021. And in 2020, like Tyler Higbee and Gerald Everett combined for just under a thousand receiving yards on a team that had Cooper cup at wide receiver. Right. And then in 2021 um, Everett left, but Higbee had about 560 yards, 15 games. That's that's okay. That's so, so I think Hockinson is more talented than, than either of those guys. But so what that tells me is that, um, It's not that like O'Connell has a distinct tight end type of offense, like you think of when you think of like the Patriots with Gronk and that other guy, um, back in the day. But if he's talented enough, he will get you the ball. And I think Hawkinson is talented enough to have the opportunity to have more production than he was seeing in Detroit. And so I don't think there's going to be any real impact on run blocking either way, whether it's as a benefit to the Vikings or as some sort of boost or, or, or part of Hawkinson's game that they rely on moving forward, but I think he's going to have the opportunity to produce. And then the rest is kind of on him to make the most of it. And hopefully he does. Cause I, I like him.
0: You almost got real New York on us, right? That was like play <laughs> Yeah, I almost started, I almost started laughing. <laughs> that, that was real New York. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, Bobby, yeah. you, you were talking about Goff, right? So yeah. Goff's having a pretty good year. Hawkinson has been a part of that, right? He's, he's helped. He's helped Goff. How does this inf- impact him? If you're a leader yeah. of Goff.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I'm like a big, I wouldn't say big, I don't want to die on that cross, but like, I am a Goff supporter. Like I do like Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's no coincidence this year that Jared Goff's two best games came in the same week where Hawkinson had his two best games or two <laughs> highest graded games. Statistically m- might not, might not look like, you know, Hawkinson's best games, whatever, but you see spikes in in Goff's grades, and at the same two weeks that Hawkinson's seeing spikes in his, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do think it's gonna hurt Jared Goff moving forward. But then again, there's this guy coming, you know, coming back, um, coming to the active roster, Jameson Williams. So like, who knows, man? Maybe maybe the Lions get a get a spike of you know some activity from Jameson Williams, but. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think you want to put eggs in that basket at this point. It seems like Lions are headed towards that first overall pick or top five pick. Let's just break it down and show you guys why why Goff shouldn't be the guy, and then go draft our guys. So I don't know. I uh, I don't know what value Goff provides provides. You know, moving on on your depth chart from from here forward, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess based on what you're saying, it could mean for somebody that if Goff is your starter, you might be also looking for a new next year, right? If he if he ends up not being the starter there in Detroit. And if you're if you're if you're a guy that owns a lot of Lions players, right, in general, maybe guys on the defense, like just having these extra picks. Impact you in any way that you're thinking now, right? Like, does that change your thought process with these Lions players? How does having these extra picks change that for you?
1: They have, they have four four picks in the first two rounds at this point now, because like because of the Rams trade um back mm-hmm. when they actually first got golf. Honestly, I I like Okuda and I like um Hutchinson a lot more now. I feel like I feel like now they have all this ammo to kind of surround those guys with some some more talent. So. Um, now that, you know, now that Detroit has, has this ammo, I do kind of like those two players a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. I think
0: I agree with you on that. Let's move. Let's move to the Broncos trade, right? So the Broncos send Bradley Chubb and a fifth round pick to Miami in exchange for Chase Edmonds, 2023 first and a 2024 fourth. So same kind of question. Ray, I'll give this one to you. If you have Chubb, are you feeling good about this or do you hate this move? Uh, let me know.
2: If I have Chubb, I guess I like it a little more than I don't like it, right? Um, I think when you look at that Broncos front without Chubb, they didn't have many other studs or 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 playmakers there that could either grab some attention or make something happen or kind of make a- anything easier for Chubb, right? We saw uh, Randy Gregory get hurt, so that, that really kind of hurt them in the pass rushing department there. And, uh, you see the, the, the Miami front there. And actually, our friend over at PFF, John Macri, had a really good tweet about, um, how Bradley Chubb had four total pressures that resulted in a sack for his teammates, uh, which is like tied for sixth at his position. And which tells me that he's collapsing the edge and forcing quarterbacks to step up or out, allowing teammates to clean up. So it's not necessarily that a new situation helps Chubb per se, but rather, it helps everyone to where he's now going. So it helps the guys over there in Miami uh, and might make things a little bit easier on them and, and free up some, you know, some space for them to operate and make some plays more so than it, it actually impacts Chubb individually. Cause he is the guy that kind of, um, you know, makes things go there. The, the straw that stirs the drink, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's the one that makes the impact, not necessarily the environment for him.
0: Hmm. And, okay, so now going to Miami, is there any players on that Miami defense that you're saying, this is awesome for me. My player just got a huge boost, uh, you know, with Chubb here. So who's that guy in Miami?
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, Jalen Phillips. And so, like, going off of that same sort of thread that, that, that our boy Macri had, um, for uh, Miami's edge rushers as a whole outside of Jalen Phillips – uh, nobody, none of them created a single sack for their teammates this season, right? So nobody collapsed the, the pocket or collapsed the edge and then forced the quarterback to go elsewhere and, and mm-hmm. uh, had their teammates cleaning it up. So uh, I think it'll help open things up, um, to that end for, for Jalen Phillips, uh, on the other side there, rushing the passer. I do think it probably tangentially helps Christian Wilkins a little bit too, if he stays in there on some of those nickel packages and rushing the passer since he is kind of an all around guy. Um, but I think it's just going to, results in increased attention to Chubb and less attention on Phillips as he's kind of ascending into his own as a young player. And so that helps him on the opposite edge more, um, I think more than anyone else on that front. Okay.
0: Okay, Bobby, opposite question for you. So now the Broncos losing Chubb, who does this impact negatively and positively?
1: Yeah, I think the negatives are probably Andrew Van Ginkle, um, Melvin Ingram, and Emmanuel Ogba. Ben Ginkle is a guy that like kind of weird. Always grades well, but really doesn't get much playing time. So like, even on his limited snap count, he's he plays pretty well. But you gotta think mm-hmm. at this point, now they're bring in Chubb, they've got a pretty crowded edge room, which is a good problem to have. But at the same time, you gotta think Ginkle Ginkle's probably not a safe bet to meet a snap count minimums each week, even if he is grading well. So I do think that hurts him. Um Emmanuel Agba. Pretty promising two thousand twenty-one season. Graded pretty well. I think it was like a high seventies grade. And now to this point, grading in the fifties. I think I think you're gonna start to see Bradley Chubb eat into his playing time. So I don't even know if it makes sense to even roster him in any in, in any of these leagues, regardless of, of your league size. Um and then Melvin Ingram, thirty three years old. I think at this point, um he's probably getting phased out. I don't know how much value he's even he's gonna provide you either. Kinda like what we said about Van Ginkle he doesn't even grade as well as Van Ginkle, but you know, you can definitely see him start to get phased out here for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think those are all good answers. Both of you guys, I was looking at it even a little different with how it affects the defensive backs, right? So Pat Sertan kind of had a hot start to his NFL career. And I think, you know, the less time that he has to be in coverage, the better, right? That's, we've seen that with PFF grades. If you have a good, if you have good edge rushers on your team, it helps the cornerbacks, right? So Pat Sertan, I'm thinking there might be a slight negative impact on him. And then you look at a guy like Javon Holland or Xavier Howard on the Dolphins, maybe we see those guys even perform a little bit better.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point.
0: And all right, Bobby, I'm just, go ahead, Ray. Sorry, buddy.
2: I was going to say, if we're going to talk about some of the Broncos here, uh, I think you're going to find out real quick a lot about Nick Benito. Uh, right now, he's really just sort of a light-in-the-pants pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to start asking him to do more to to offset the loss of Chubb, who was just yeah a great pass rusher, but just an all around player, really strong against the run too, I think Benito's going to get swallowed up. He's not grading that well as a whole this He's a young player, right you don't You don't expect him to be uh, complete or anything just yet, but uh, he might play more. But I don't think he's going to grade very well here moving forward if he's asked to take on more than he currently is in his look at that role. Look-
1: Look at that front seven too. Nobody's grading well. Nobody graded over a 66 in Denver. Honestly, man, like <laughs> I'm kinda staying away from Denver at this point. It's a poorly coached team. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Defense doesn't mm-hmm. look great. I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm staying away. Even even if a guy like Benito does play more and he does start to see, you know, maybe some some slightly better grades. I don't know if he's like a must add. I don't know if you're gonna want to spend one of your precious fifty three roster spots Banking on that to happen because I think you're right, right? I don't think it's going to happen.
2: I just don't think they stretch as much on on the planes like they need to. I just think things work <laughs> out more on planes.
0: And that you know, and to that point, right? Trusting the Broncos and what they're doing, uh, it's it's weird. We don't normally see teams kind of quitting on the year when they don't have their own draft picks, right? Like they don't they don't even have their own draft picks, but they do have. I think it's the forty nine ers' first round pick or was it trying to remember whose first that is doesn't matter. They have a first round pick. It's somebody else's right. Who do you want them to draft, right? If you're, if you're a guy that owns a lot of shares of Broncos players, who are you hoping they add with that draft pick?
2: Can they trade it for Sean Payton so that they can actually run like an adult (laughs) offense? Like, I I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of holes on the team, but then you look at it on paper and it's like, well, if they're going to draft anything, it's not like there's huge needs on offense. The players that are there are talented. They just have to actually play better. So it would have to be on the defensive side of the ball where you look again at like the defensive front seven and it's just, okay, you're going to draft someone to replace the guy you just lost in Bradley Chubb. I don't know. It's it's a mess there. But I do think it's tough because you look at this team, I think if you saw them with with better coaching a better offense, putting up some points, that maybe you'd start to see where the blind spots truly are. Whereas if you look at it now and it just looks like everything is just bad and like nothing fits and you know, the pieces just don't go together right now. And it's, it's tough to watch. And it's almost like you don't know where to begin because you have a quarterback locked up, you have talented players, but they're just not performing well. So I don't know what you do until you have a, a a strict philosophy that you're going to adhere to. And you have some direction, which starts with the coach.
1: I don't know if I completely completely agree with you about the the pieces on the offense. You, you kind of make it seem like everything's already there. But look at that offensive line. It's it's pretty it's pretty damn bad. And I understand Garrett Bowles is hurt. Totally get that. Billy Turner's their right tackle right now. And I don't think Billy Turner has ever been good. I think he's had, like, good seasons here and there where he's, like, not a complete liability. But to answer your question, Chris, if, like, a guy like, you know, Penn State's tackle Olu Fashan is there – in, uh, in, in the draft for, for Denver, that's definitely a guy that I want to grab. Build up the offensive line. Keep Russell Wilson upright. That's your best chance of winning. That was what drove me nuts with how Russell was handled in Seattle. They they, they refused to build up the offensive line. And I thought, I thought kind of like the way Ray is thinking right now that, that Denver had that solved, and it's clear at this point that they don't.
2: You're going to have to trade up for Olu, just saying.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he's going to be there for them, but a player like that, Again, just to tackle it,
0: Ohio State. What is it, Paris Johnson? There's a few guys, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, Bobby, to your point, I think at some point we also need to just be willing to say maybe the weapons in Denver are a little overrated, right? Like Jerry Judy hasn't developed. Cortland Sutton, you kind of know what he is. And neither of them have shown to be elite players. I think Tim Patrick getting hurt was a huge knock on them. And the offensive line is not good. Uh, I agree with you. I think they either need to add to the offensive line or they need to add to the defensive line. I think it's got to be in the trenches and i think that's what we end up seeing eventually it depends on what's available um but yeah like if if i have if i have russell wilson i'm hoping it's the offensive line if i have one of those receivers i'm hoping it's the offensive line but yeah if i have pats or tan maybe i want some more some more guys blitzing the quarterback um let's jump now to the roquan trade right so roquan smith gets traded from the bears to the ravens in exchange for linebacker aj Klein. A 2023 second and a 2023 fifth rounder. So Ray, you have Roquan. You feeling good about this?
2: I, I'm I'm honestly indifferent, right? I think the Ravens have this sort of mystique.
0: Uh, timeout, timeout. Bobby, is this happening again? Where Ray's just going to be indifferent about everything, Bro, where what, he just what, gives no backbone, oh no opinion? I want to hear. You know, we need listeners, buddy. We need a yes or a no. Yeah, we should move Ray's tile to the middle. I'm not Skip Bayless, all right?
2: I'm not Skip Bayless. Okay. A, all
1: right, a, so you're in the symbolic. middle. I'm going to put a Swiss flag over Ray's face <laughs> when uh-huh. I edit this part of the uh, the podcast.
2: Again, there's this mystique about the Ravens, right, and, like, how mm-hmm. their their defense is this, like, rough, tough, like, dominant unit over the years, and, And you know they make all these right, all these moves, and they're always so great. And like, and they do right. It seems like in the draft they always get like these great players that you're like, how the heck did they fall to these guys? They're usually always in the playoff hunt. Like I get it, but they're a middle of the road run defense. Like just I think 18th overall as as a team in run defense, and really the the spine of their defense is still pretty weak. I do think with time it's going to get better, right? I like Travis Jones. I think he's going to have to develop there. You're just going to have to – it's just a matter of time. you got to wait for him there in the middle um, before they can really nail down the first level of that defense there up front uh, in the trenches, where then you could see the benefits of someone like Roquan Smith being added to that unit. So I don't think it changes a lot for Roquan Smith. He went from a horrible situation to one that's just okay – that you think will get better in 2023 and 2024 as they move forward. So yeah, it helps, but it's not like, it's, it's not amazing. I think if it helps anyone in particular, it's probably Patrick Queen who grades horribly right now and is not a well rounded player at all. But if this allows the Ravens to use Queen more freely as a blitzer and a rusher, then that's what he does best. And that'll help his grade overall. If you have the stomach to start him where he is again, so volatile as a player, but I don't think we're going to see Roquan Smith all of a sudden start grading in the, you know, mid to high seventies on a weekly basis right off the
0: bat. So it's interesting. You, you said, um, you named a couple of guys, Patrick Queen, Travis Jones, guys that are young players, right. That hopefully get a boost from this. One thing that I found really interesting is I keep hearing, you know, with this trade that it actually might not be a long-term thing. Like they might not sign him to a long-term contract. And if that happens, you know, is it really going to help those guys at all? Um, but really my question, Ray, is, you know, uh, what other players might be getting a boost from this? Is there is there a chance it helps Kyle Hamilton, right? Like guys like that at safety or, um, you know, just is, is Roquan Smith going to be the guy running this defense?
2: I think that's tough to expect uh, so early. I, I really do. Um, I think if it does help, it may help. Um, it, it, and if it helps anyone, it's going to help the safeties like a Hamilton because if he is sound there in the middle and that piece they were missing on those early downs that forced some extra third and longs, then yeah, sure. Then that allows the you know, defensive backs just to squat a little bit and, and tee off on the pass and so forth. And it could help in that regard. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the impact's going to be that big. And that's why I look at this and I'm like, I think it, I don't know if that's just posturing for, for the upcoming contract talks because he's in the last year of his deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't see this as something where right off the bat, things are just going to be great and you're going to see this, this big impact right off the bat. I think it's going to take some time. So I, I would like to think, and if I were to guess, a lot of that sort of language there about this being a win-now move and, hey, this might not be long-term. I think that's just, just posturing for the contract talks that are inevitably going to happen.
0: I could see it both ways. I really could. So like a part of me, you know, I I love Lamar Jackson. I'm a huge Lamar fan. And we could talk about like, you know, part of this conversation is how does this trade affect the players on that team? And if I have Lamar, I'm feeling good about this because I'm thinking they believe that I could win. Right. So they're putting players on my team to help me get there. But I also think it could work the other way. And I, and I, this is the part that kind of makes me feel crappy about the trade is like, if they really only got him for this year, is this a trial for Lamar to win or maybe they don't end up paying Lamar, right? Like there is still that op- that chance that they try to win this year, try to get, you know, a couple, at least a couple playoff wins. And if that doesn't happen, you know, just like they did with Joe Flacco, it's sorry, we're not going to pay you because you're not a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl for us.
2: Well, it's, it's hard when, I mean, they just lost like Rashad Bateman for, for the rest of the year now, right? So he's throwing two, tight ends and and like Devin DuVernay. So I, I don't see how you go all in right now with those types of weapons on offense or lack thereof really outside of Mark Andrews. I mean, I could be reading their roster wrong and they could have a totally different opinion, which is fine. I just don't see how you look at that and say, yep. Okay. Time to go all in right now. I, I, I don't see it that way. I, I think everything's going to take time, right? Whether it's again, just improving the weapons around Lamar, which should have happened already. Uh, or just getting the pieces on that young defense to develop and just assimilate with each other because a lot of them are so young, especially up front. Mm-hmm. Just takes time and it, it, it's gonna need time from where I sit and looking at this. I, I don't see how you can contend for a championship with the loss of Bateman and then adding a linebacker in the middle of the season. Yeah, it helps. he's talented, but that's that's not what's going to get you over the top.
0: Agreed. I think that that if they do end up keeping him long-term, if they do sign him to an extension, it says a lot about that defense. I think, I think it does have a long-term impact on guys like Kyle Hamilton, Travis Jones, right? You talked about how this, the the core of that defense, right? Like if you, if you go up the middle, it was weak, right? But you had a guy like Ropon to that core. And I think it's now a strength, right? And it it could be a really good strength in a couple of years. Uh, Bobby, the question to you is, right. So, I'm not going to ask you what guys on the Bears this impacts, because honestly, I think (laughs) next year we could see a completely different team with all the draft picks they have. But more just thinking about the strategy, right? Like selling your good players. They're they're a team that's that's struggling mightily. Um, They trade a guy that is on his contract year, uh, and then they use kind of that second pick, second-round pick, to go get a receiver that still has a couple years left to kind of help out. Um, Would you recommend a similar strategy to – an all 22 team that might be struggling
1: a strategy that trades away a really volatile linebacker and Roquan Smith and gets back a second and the fifth rounder absolutely I, lo- I think even if <laughs> you say for a struggling team like the Bears right mm-hmm. I think even if you're a good team <laughs> okay honestly in all 22 honestly at this point right like I feel like if you think you have this linebacker that's like this steady Eddie it's gonna get you 65 75 grade every week no likelihood you don't (laughs) right if if someone thinks you do have that go ahead get as many picks as you can honestly i was going through the waiver wire today and how many linebackers i found that i thought i had roquan smith right Mm -hmm. and they're just there just you know just in wasteland right um so yeah if you can trade away at linebacker and get some good value I'm always in favor of doing it. I'm a big just linebacker streamer type of guy in this game. Um, Now you go and and use that second round pick and trade for Chase Claypool, as a struggling team. Don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I was telling you before we got on here, Chris. Like, think we, uh, I think myself as a Giants fan, dodged a bullet not getting Ryan Poles as a as as a general manager. I think that Mm -hmm. was kind of a weird move, especially considering. How many receivers we see come through the draft every year right and yeah. how quick their transition is into the league so i think they did something really good and then backed backed it up by doing something not so good so um yeah i don't know it's uh it's good and bad here yeah i agree with that take i yeah i like the trade
0: uh i like the Roquan trade for the bears i you know he was unhappy there anyway you know it's like if you have that kind of negative energy yeah if you're an all 22 team though I think you could get a lot better player than Chase Claypool for your second round pick and especially in over key draft right maybe you're in a 12 team league that means that you're getting a top 24 pick with that pick so you're getting a guy that's that's a first round talent with with that second round pick so keeping those things in mind but Ray we have like you know we want to talk all about trades today right all about trades trade deadline pass in the NFL but it's likely our users' trade deadlines are in the coming week, So exciting announcement. I want you to get the honor of doing that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So like like you said, NFL trade deadline is gone. So now all eyes turn to the all 22 trade deadlines that are looming in your leagues. Uh, So we are excited to announce uh, the release of a new feature of our trade block uh, to help you make a big move in a big trade before the trade deadline actually passes in your league. Um, So... If you're a user on all 22, you can modify uh, your trade block by heading to the trades page um, in your league and scrolling to the bottom of the screen, you will see a module there that uh, says, uh, trade block, and you'll see every team there uh, with their trade blocks with an option to modify your own. You, you click the button modify, and then you will proceed to select the players on your team that you wish to add to your trade block, and then type in a message of what you're looking for, right? You want to put two wide receivers on there, say I'm looking for uh, a good safety or some defensive interior line help. Uh, and then you just uh, save that message and your trade block will now populate in that trade block module, which will show up on the trades page and on the league homepage as well. So all your league mates will see what, uh, you, know, what you have out there on the block and what you're looking to get in return. And they can do the same, foster some conversation uh, and get some, you know, get some deals done before those, those trade deadlines lock in. So uh, just from this conversation, and just basically like every podcast episode we've ever done, it sounds like Bobby's just going to put all his linebackers on the trade block uh, anyway, yeah. because he just doesn't believe in them long-term. So um, I guess that's one way, one way he's using it. Um, you know, I don't even in, in short-term, like no term. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think, I think Bobby would run like the five, zero, six defense
1: if he could. God, I would love that.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so super exciting stuff. I know, really with the way like the leagues are taking shape now and we have uh, the playoff picture taking shape as well. So now teams are really figuring out if they're in or out of the playoff picture and the playoff bubble. So that, uh you know, that might jumpstart some more moves to be made, whether you're looking to the future, looking to gun for it now, uh, what have you. So yeah, go ahead, check out uh, the trade block now in your leagues. Uh, and just with a few simple clicks, you can add your players and what you're looking for in return. And it's there for everyone to see.
0: Very exciting stuff. I already added uh, Jason Kelsey to mine. Hopefully, a team that's trying to win uh, needs a center, and will give me give me something for him. But uh, just one other note that we wanted to throw in here: so we, you know, we completely understand people might not have been expecting this new feature to be released, so their trade deadline may have passed. But we've we've changed the functionality a bit so that if you are commissioner of a league and your trade deadline has passed, you will have the ability to. Obviously, I recommend first discussing it with your league mates to make sure that everybody's okay with this. But moving back the trade deadline so that you have a couple weeks to experience that uh, that trade block feature. So pretty exciting stuff. I think that's all we have for today. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, make sure you check your team. Uh, playoffs coming. Big stuff happening. Uh, definitely get in there. Uh, and give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at all pff. And uh, we have shirts for sale. So if you haven't yet, go check out. Uh, You can access it on our Twitter page. There's a pinned tweet for our shop. I think it's shop.all-22.com. And uh, yeah, it's a couple t-shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve. Uh, They're pretty cool. Leave us a review. Last thing, leave us a review on our podcast network, wherever you listen. We uh, we need those reviews to get more people listening. So thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you again.